1: Uh Hey now, it's the Mike and JD Show, and I am your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by the very intense JD by God Oliva. How are you doing, JD?
0: Apparently, I'm very intense and intimidating.
1: <laughs> I'm sitting here at lunch listening to
0: one of my dearest friends in the whole world do an interview on the Patreon service this week. Mike had a fantastic interview with the boss man, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, my name comes up, and I'm like, "Well, I shouldn't be too surprised. I do host a show with Mike, and I'm like, I'm hearing... <laughs> God, I'm intense and I'm freaking spooky and I'm like, oh, I talked you're to my inti- wife.
1: You're intimidating.
0: Uh, I'm yeah. intimidating, and I told my wife, she's like, oh, you don't know? Yeah, that's the vibe you give off to everybody. <laughs> and I was like, well, shit. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, well, I have problems.
1: <laughs> I think it's just because you're like, a, you're a high level athlete, right? Uh, and especially you're, you know, wrestling is very much a combat sport. So, you're a combat athlete. I get the feeling like high level combat athletes, every room they walk into, they start sizing motherfuckers up. That's probably you.
0: I've never done that. I oh, never really? looked around. <laughs> I mean, like, I've never, like, I told uh, one of my dads from our team, I was like, I, I took Andy to go see Return of the Jedi. So, you're going to see Return of the Jedi? I'm like, yeah, it's like my favorite movie. He's like, do you ever just walk in there and like, do you could beat everybody up? I was like, no, I've never thought about I mean, I probably could, but I never thought about yeah. it. Like, yeah. That's silly. I mean, I don't know. It's just it's funny to hear those things because I know there's a super like intense side. Like when I coach, like next mm-hmm. week, I'm out. By the way, fans, they, uh, I'm going to be gone next week. We're going to have a guest. Michael will get into that later, and I'm going to go coach at the national tournament. And, um, you know, the, my buddies, that always make fun of, like, Greco JD because I'm like, I'm constantly going to the referees. I'm like, come on, man. Like, what are we doing? Like, and I get, I get really – really fired up <laughs> when we're out there so it'll be uh i will definitely i will definitely have my intense face on for for that day but uh this is it's funny i was listening to guys talk about amateur wrestling and you guys mm-hmm. were calling it a um an individual sport and i forget sometimes that it is an individual sport because my program is so team focused yeah. and work like our team is like everything like it's about winning a dual meet. it's about you know i need 14 guys that can do the job so i mean it's and like i want some pretty cool stuff individually but nothing compares to the stuff that that our team has done together mm-hmm. and like we're going out there team illinois to win four national titles and it's literally like sitting there figuring out how we can get the team the team the team the team so mm-hmm. i mean like it's I think that's something that a lot of people get wrong about wrestling is that it, at its highest levels, it really is about it really is a team sport. It's just an individual's effort in how to get the team over the top. And I found that interesting. You guys were, were talking about that today. So I don't know, man, if you guys haven't had a chance to listen to Mike's interview, it's an absolutely fantastic interview. Mm-hmm. You did. a You did a great job, man.
1: Oh well, thank you. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Um, speaking of which, let's go ahead and get the plug in. Uh, each week in the month of July, we are putting out free episodes of our premium content over Patreon.com/slash Fight Game Media. This this week, part one of our WCW '96, covering the Great American Bash in the early stages of the NDO, NWO, sorry, will be free. Head over to Patreon.com/slash for more details. Also on the Patreon, check out our Fight Game Extra, or check out Fight Game Media Extra where Gigi interviewed me about my favorite subject, me. Uh, just me talking about myself for 90 minutes. Honestly, he had to cut me short. I could have talked about myself for hours. but So we got a good 90 minutes of me telling some old stories. So that was a, that was pretty fun. Um, that's also up on the Patreon. And then coming up this weekend, J.D. and I are going to record this immediately after we're off the air. We are going to dig into the WCW invasion of the WWF in 2001. And JD, I was, I, my dream for this extra podcast, right, that we do for the Patreon was for me to kind of go back through the observers and kind of do like a lapsed fan, kind of a Conrad Thompson style chronological look back. But we haven't really been doing this. So the first one was like Don Callis, but we had such, knowledge about it because of you know a our podcast we were covering it we so were there that. yeah and then you did the interview with don so we didn't really need to get into that and then of course the black scorpion i i didn't feel like reaching out to the guy who has all the, the paper copies of the observers from 1989 mm-hmm. i just didn't have those so i just we just didn't do that so we kind of just we googled some stuff we had a little bit of notes and i had your story that you wrote um so i didn't really get to go do in-depth um research on those two topics. So I was like, I'm really going to actually, you know, buckle down and do some research. My family's out of town right now. So I had a little bit of extra time and I actually did a super deep dive, um, into the WCW invasion. And because I went so in depth, I I have nine pages of notes. I saw. Yeah. I typically for this show, we have one page. It's typically Mm. just points mm-hmm. um because we just do bullet points and we riff and that will be what we do but i i wanted to make sure to add the actual um the, the words from the observers that way i had context to read about it and write about it. and plus it's for my research right so i can get more smartened up so um we're gonna have to make this a two parter so what we're gonna record after this episode is over jd and i are gonna do from the beginning of the invasion. So, but we're going to start it actually in January of 2001. Um, there had been some stuff that happened in 2000. I'll summarize a little bit of that, but we're going to start doing a deep dive of January 2001 all the way through July 2001 through the, through the Invasion pay-per-view. And then part two will be sometime next month where we where we do the rest of the year because it ends up culminating at Survivor Series. So we're, we're going to do the full gamut of it. We're going to do a deep dive. There's so many interesting details and facts I cannot wait to talk about. It. I don't want to spoil anything here. Some stuff that I read that I didn't even know about, and I'm, I knew this subject pretty well. Honestly, I probably could have done an hour without actually doing a ton of research because I did know it. But the intricate details that I actually went and read was pretty fascinating.
0: Have you read the Nitro book?
1: I have not. And I mm. honestly, and I have it. So I really should read it. But I have not.
0: See, I've read it twice. Like the audience, one of the few audio. Like I have a hard time being like, oh. I read books like 10 times. Like, how do you read a book like 10 times? I could never do that. Like, but I was, uh, I needed something to listen to um, recently. So I, I re listened to the nitro book. So this is all pretty fresh in my head too. And I'm really glad that I didn't write about something yet because sometimes we just kind of lean into what I've into what I did. And we just talk mm-hmm. about, you know, yeah. my writing and I really don't want to do that. I really want to talk about the subject. So I'm going to take what we talk about and then write about that based on our show. Right. I think that's a better, probably better way to do something like for, for this type of a subject right
1: yeah yeah uh yeah no doubt so stay tuned for that head over to patreon.com slash fight game media where we will do a deep dive of the wcw invasion of wwf in 2001 deep dive. um yeah deep dive all right so let's go ahead and get into the show man um so i, I wanted to start off we-, we-, we did start off with wwe last week we're going to start off this week because there isn't really much to talk about but i did find this interesting do wwe is just on freaking fire right now it is it is incredible um i I did my um all my research into 2001 that's really where the decline started was the death of wcw right and then their ratings started to trickle down during that year in 2001 Mm -hmm. and they never really recovered from that level um so but this is the first year where they're back on the upswing like year over year. They have better ratings than they had like three or four years ago. And currently this week, so Raw, I'm not going to read the numbers. It's not really that big of a deal. But so Raw essentially stayed really steady against the Home Run Derby and performed quite well. But SmackDown specifically was the number three ranked television show for the entire week in all of broadcast television um it was only behind two shows on Univision their 18 to 49 number on friday night was better than every other english language show in the time slot combined right that that's huge that's incredible like gorgeous george didn't get those kind of numbers hulk hogan never got those kind of numbers now we're talking about you got to scale it right to 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 the time that you're in we're talking about rankings here and i think that as we go away from talking about viewership and we go away from talking about like the actual numbers Rankings is what matters more than anything right now. And the fact that they were the number three rated in all of broadcast television for the entire week is just insane.
0: You gotta look at this. Like like we talk about I hate talking about year-over-year year ratings. It's one of my yeah. least favorite topics because <clears throat> everything changes, right? So I'm gonna throw a stat at you in 2016. There were ninety-eight point seven million cable subscribers. So, twenty sixteen, we're talking about about midway through what we'll call the WWE Network era, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Currently, in this twenty twenty three, there are seventy-two million cable subscribers.
1: <clears throat> yep,
0: <clears throat> the number of cable homes is almost has always been quartered, right? There's yeah. roughly twenty five percent in that in that time period and wwe has shown growth right we talked last week aew won their wednesday night time slot with eight hundred and fifty thousand viewers they won and dave said they beat everything on k on network tv that day too yeah right what wwe is doing right now is unprecedented yeah I mean to say they're hot. I think is an understatement. I don't know, but <laughs> someone's like, "Oh, it's a boom." I don't know if it's a boom. We, I, you, <clears throat> it's hard to know when you're in a boom until you look back on some stuff. But arguments could be made that we are in the early part of a boom period. I don't know. I don't know because boom periods tend to last several years. So <clears throat> it could be yeah. like Garrett on the Discord brought up that like Garrett like uh, when when Ronda came in in 2018, it percolated. It didn't quite boom, but it popped a little (laughs) bit and then went. It was great. It was great terminology. Uh and then it went back down. So what do we got? Right? Where are we? And I don't think we're gonna know for sure until probably in the late fall. That's what I'm gonna say. Let's see where things are at come football season. Mm. But it's Mm. hard it's hard to argue what they're doing right now, man. With less with less viewers, they're getting
1: more viewers, right? it's crazy with they're they're getting more viewers even though they're in less homes right right? Mm -hmm. that and that and that's the incredible stat and now you know now you can say that that smackdown that the the decline in numbers isn't really the same because they're on broadcast but let me tell you dude i don't have broadcast tv and i'm in the middle of a major city like i don't have i don't have an hd antenna like on my roof hooked up me neither so you know you know what i mean so like Mm -hmm. Um, it, you know, part of this, cause I'm in military housing and I'd have to get like a, not a permit, but I'd have to get something signed and, and then I could do it, but I just haven't done it because I watch everything through the internet. Right. And so, um, so I, and I feel like, you know, I'm 40. I feel like a lot of people are exactly like me when it comes to that stuff. I think You're the t- folks that are, I think the folks that still watch broadcast television outside of having cable, right. That have that antenna are probably about, 15 to 20 years older than I am. I think
0: that I'm, I'm the same boat, by the way, I haven't watched over, what do they call it? Like over the air broadcast the television air, yeah. since 20, probably 2016 ish. I stream everything. And I, <clears throat> we got in on streaming. Like my wife figured out way back in 2014. It's funny. It was at Fargo. I went to I'm, this is where I'm, when I refer to Fargo, I'm always talking about the, uh, the high school national championship tournament takes place every summer. We call it Fargo because that's where it takes place. Yeah, you're not talking
1: about going there and like killing people, which is what you see on. Oh, oh no,
0: that's what we're gonna do. Make no mistake (laughs) about that. Yeah, buddy. no. Um. So I came back from Fargo in 2014, and my wife had cut cable without telling me, and I was like, "What have you done?" And she's like, "Trust me, trust me, it will be just fine." And I was like, "Okay." And she was right. They actually actually helped jumpstart me back into watching wrestling again, as, as much as I do now. So I mean, her fault. So it's funny because I'm like you. I don't watch. I don't watch anything over. Like if there's a football game on, I'll find ways to watch it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like that I'm interested. In. But other than that, I can't. I, if I'm gonna watch SmackDown, which I have on a handful of occasions, I got to do it on the Fox app.
1: Yeah. Same here. Right. Yeah. I, that's that, that's how I watch it. Yeah. I
0: think that we are. Turning just based on the numbers, we are turning into the majority, people like us. There's yeah. more people like us than I think that these people that that like people who did the ratings talk and stuff like that care to admit.
1: Well, and so but that's that's the incredible thing. So their numbers are up despite the fact that the the amount of people watching at home are down. So you one would have to assume. That the amount of people streaming this stuff, you know, via the Fox app or via other type of mechanisms, like you know, the shadier mechanisms that that happen. Um, I, I don't think SmackDown is on Hulu, right? Because I watch on the Fox app. I think no, it's on the uh, F- no. So Raw and NXT oh, is SmackDown. On Hulu. D- SmackDown is on Hulu, I think. Is it on Hulu? I think okay. so. I can't, I can't remember because I typically watch on the Fox app, but I have Hulu as well. It just comes with my cell phone, but. Um, but that's where I tip if I do watch raw and I do watch NXT, that's where I watch that like a day later. So I think there's like so many more people that are doing that. So you have to, like, when you take a look at these numbers and you take a look at these rankings, now you got to like probably bump it up about 25 to 30%. And then you add in DVR, which I think would be another 15%. You're talking astronomical numbers that we can never even calculate because Mm -hmm. who knows even how to get that information and who knows if the information would be accurate. But I think that if you did kind of a quick wag, a quick calculation, I mean, you're, you're talking like you're talking the beginning of another boom period, right? Because I know they smacked Had like what? 3 million people watching it. That one at the bloodline segment yeah. at the peak of the bloodline segment. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to say that, that that number, like, you know, of the people that actually watch that segment would be closer to like eight or 9 million. I don't think that's that crazy.
0: I think that numbers of everything are under what we think they are based on what we get, what get reported to Nielsen. Just, you know, that's just the way it is. Um, What makes this even more incredible, right? Is we talk about like the DVR numbers and so again, DVR numbers matter, right? All Mm -hmm. these things absolutely matter. And I had a point that I was going to make, and I completely lost my train of thought. So I yield the floor to you, sir.
1: WBD just advertised the plus three numbers whenever they put out the press release about AEW's ranking last week.
0: Yeah, thank you that actually sorry like ratings can be deceptive thank you i remember now um ratings can be deceptive on how hot a promotion is because there's been lots of times in history where ratings have been really good on shows but promotions aren't necessarily hot for a long time the the you know wcw saturday night got better ratings than just about anything that wwe would do wwf mm. at the time would do right because the business was selling tickets right yeah so that's still in day voices. That's still a better indicate indicator for whether or not something is hot, dude. They're selling tickets,
1: um, like, like an insane amount of tickets. Yes,
0: yeah. like everywhere they go, they're not selling out everywhere they go. But that's an like no, they've never, even at their hottest, they never sold out every show. But they're getting major major bumps, like their ticket sales year over year are up. Which again, better indicator of what things and
1: yeah, merchandise.
0: I, merchandise is up. Everything is yeah. up. I mean, like. Like Nikon, the hiring of Nikon is, has been a godsend for this company.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Honestly, like um, they couldn't have hired a better guy for that position. He's really turned that company around because like, honestly, like people were leaving in droves. Like it was just crazy getting rid of Vince. Finally they get rid of Vince and things are turning around. Well, things turned around before they got rid of Vince, but they really started to turn around when Vince was gone for a while and now he's back and they're just still writing that momentum of that hot storyline. He started um, to turn around
0: right. before Vince left. Like the turnaround, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: turnaround kind of, I'll still
0: say the turnaround coincided with Peacock, right? Cause remember that was the talk of the time was Peacock overvalued WWE and paid too much, which they probably did, but they overvalued yeah. and paid too much for everything. That's, that's kind of the streaming game at the moment. That's killing. That's really hurting things. And we'll tap into that a, a little bit later, but I mean, like, yeah. They've been the most consistent thing on Peacock. And I will, I will go to my grave, say this every week on the show. Their accessibility on Peacock has not devalued, it's the worst phrase no. I heard this week. Devalued WWE pay-per-views. It's made them more accessible. It's made them more popular. And it's yeah. made them easier to watch. When and again, they're getting paid for it. They're creating content and they don't want to worry. And in unlike in the past, when they just had to create content and were kind of lazy. They're actually creating stuff now that that's resonating with viewers like main event stuff. Cause I'm, you know, their undercard still blows, but the main event stuff is absolutely clicking with people.
1: Absolutely. And just one more thing about the, the decline in, um, in cable. I wanted to bring this up. I didn't put it on the notes, um, but we'll just go ahead and talk about it now before we get into some AEW talk Disney. Um, Bob Iger just got his contract extended out a couple of years and he said something very interesting where he said that Disney is interested in selling off some of their linear TV assets. Mm-hmm. Now he, you know, and then the article, I think it was a CNBC article. So he never really named any network, but I, I, I found it very interesting. And the first network that I thought of was FX, which would be his outside of ESPN. Um, well look cuz he's got ESPN, he's got the Disney channel, he's got Freeform, he's got all of those and then he has FX which doesn't really fit the profile of what Disney is doing. Never has. It it would make sense for them to sell off you know FX, but then there's these other smaller channels that they have. Like they, these channels are no longer valuable to a company like Disney. So because of the decline in cable, you know, that's, you know, and they're in like FX is one of the most accessible cable channels out there. But mm-hmm. Disney doesn't even seem the value in keeping it. Well, we talked
0: about two about a month ago. The rumors Disney was interested in WWE. I yeah. don't know if that's I, I, I was really bullish on that at the time. And I still maintain that mainly because Iger's is going to be Iger's a, a bean counter. He's like, eh, we're not going to spend a ton of money. Like he also said, they're not going to spend as much on star Wars and Marvel. He talked about they how they've diluted the product line there. Yeah. And that's yeah. 100% accurate. They yep. And they, oh, they absolutely did. I'm a, i am I host yeah. a superhero, a superhero culture podcast. And I talk about how sick of Marvel I am all the time on there. Mm-hmm. Like there's just, there's just not enough good stuff going on there. That said, FX came over with the 20th century Fox deal and it's never quite fit into, I was surprised that, that they sold it because Fox kept Fox news and all that stuff. Yeah. And the Fox network, but they sold off FX and I was like, why I wonder why they didn't keep it. I wonder why that is. And it doesn't seem like Disney's ever quite really kind of like it's never (laughs) fit. They really never
1: quite known what to do with it. You know? Yeah. So sons of anarchy doesn't fit on a Disney platform, right? Or the Mayans is what they have now, or American Horror Story, like yeah. you know. And Disney owns the majority of Hulu, and I think they said by the end of the year they're probably going to own 100% of Hulu. I think Com- they own 66% in Comcast has a stake, mm-hmm. so I-, I think they're actually in negotiations to buy 100% of Hulu. So it, it works on something like a Hulu, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't really fit, and especially now that Disney Plus and Hulu are likely to merge. Right. I think that's been the big talk. Once they own hundred percent of it, mm-hmm. the, there's going to be, you know, kind of like what Showtime and, and Paramount just did. I just don't see where the FX stuff fits in. No. And it's
0: like, it's a linear cable network too. Like even ESPN, yeah. once ESPN decides to jump in and go a la carte totally with cable, which is it's over. It's happening. It's not official, yeah. but I mean like it, it's, it's probably going to happen. So, what happens at that point you don't need linear networks right that's the that's the past like and again you read read anyone that knows what they're talking about as far as where television is going and they'll tell you it's over. like it's over it's grandfather tv yeah so why do you want more linear networks here's my question though who buys it if we're talking about selling off these linear cable networks who who is in that market
1: you know, probably a, a smaller. I'm not even gonna say Anthem. I don't think. I don't think Anthem. Would I would set get you it, up, but, you man. Know, I thought. That I, know, was I know. I know. I know. And I made the joke. Up. I made the joke in the BFI chat. I don't see Anthem going for. Oh, it. But you know, a company like a Nextstar or something like that, like you know, Nextstar, I think they are. You know, they whoever. They spent a lot Nextstar, on the
0: CW. Th- they yeah. Was they well, yeah.
1: I think CW and FX are kind of like you know, kind of. Like but they already they probably go for. But
0: they already bought the one. You know, like that's the thing yeah. about like. The days of like, it was so weird. Cause just a handful of years ago, we were like every, all these major companies were just absorbing. Like they were turning these major yeah. conglomerates. Everybody wanted to be these hubs. And all of a sudden everyone, Oh shit, we can't, we're not making money off this stuff. <laughs> like no. Sinclair, Sinclair killed himself. With the regional sports networks. Oh, right. Such a
1: bad move. Yeah, It was a
0: terrible move. And, and like, if you, at the time were thinking, that's really weird, but you know, it's it's actually been a major impact on prof- the faith of professional wrestling, right? Because if that mm-hmm. if they don't lose if they don't lose out on those, remember, okay, they were supposed to merge with Tribune. The government said no. The Trump government too, which is really crazy. The government yeah. said no. That merger is not going to happen, which is why I don't I don't buy that. People there talking about WB and Disney, like Warner Brothers Discovery Disney being a thing, or Warner Brothers Discovery uh Comcast becoming a thing. I don't see mm-hmm. it happening because the no. government killed Tribune and and Sinclair, right? I don't foresee them allowing that. I really don't. I'd be surprised. That said, that so right there, Sinclair after that got turned down. Sinclair starts buying all these regional sports networks. They're losing money, then the pandemic completely kills everything, then they got to get rid of Ring of Honor. Right? Mm-hmm. Like that right there is a major change to professional wrestling. Where does it go from here? Like this is like uh, we're really in unprecedented times as far as this stuff goes cuz who knows yeah. like everyone keeps saying AEW is going to get this big deal they're going to get this massive deal i
1: hope they do but well well i'm glad you i'm glad you brought that up because well, that's going to be our next topic but just for one, one one second um do you remember what happened to the NBC sports network it was it was a big cable channel
0: it was a big cable channel i'm trying to yeah i'm trying to remember the fate of it and what they did with it did they turn it they... into something else they shit canned
1: it, because they couldn't get, they couldn't get a buyer, so they just they just shit canned the whole thing, and they moved right. they moved some of the stuff that they did on that network, they just moved it to Peacock. So there's an NBC Sports channel on Peacock, right? And it's a very low budget. It's a lot of podcasts and highlight shows. Um, so, But so now there is no so that channel that used to be on your cable for NBC Sports just doesn't exist now, right? So they just shit canned the whole thing. So I could see. You know, them not being able to sell off an asset like an FX, much like NBC Sports could not sell off NBC Sports Network and just chicken the whole deal. Um, but I, AEW, And WBD, Um, they are continuing their TV rights extensions talks. um, As first reported by Fightful Select, AEW has been negotiating with WBD for several months. The belief is that the two sides reach a deal. An official announcement will come either, uh, if the two sides reach a deal, an official announcement will come either this summer or fall. The deal would be a huge money increase for AEW. By the way, things are looking now, and I put a little note here. If it is $1 billion, I expect everyone to beg us for forgiveness.
0: Nobody remembers anything. Um,
1: <laughs> no, but I remember Goddamn, and I'm putting that video back out of us predicting because we had some knowledge that it's one billion dollars, one bill fill train, oh. Sorry, J.D. J.D. has a, a, a train going through his house. It's not train the band, you know, drops Jupiter in his head. Hey, hey, that's the whitest shit I ever said in my life, by the way, on this podcast. Um, but, but I'm just going to keep rambling until J.D. gets through with that train that's sorry. in his house. Yeah. So sorry. Go ahead. Is the train up oh, trains back? Oh, we got a train alert. So. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. So, uh, you know, we we had we thought we had some inside knowledge of the 1 billion dollar deal right we we talked to a guy other people had the same thing it was out there a lot of people a lot of different people reported it and then it just never happened. It just never happened. And I don't know what the hell happened. Well, obviously they didn't get the deal done um in time for those upfronts. I think there was maybe some people thought it would, and then it just never happened. So now we're looking at possibly the end of the summer or by the fall of, of that deal going through. Now, will it be a, a one billion dollars? That I that I I I don't know. Um, but if you know the next story that we're gonna talk about, if that comes to fruition, then I think that maybe we get there
0: so sorry um the joys of living the joys of living in rural america you get these gigantic trains that rumble through your backyard at 11 o'clock at night um we did have that story and i i asked the question on this show where did that number come from because everybody had it it wasn't like you and i made it up we heard it from a guy (laughs) who's been right about everything by the way
1: yeah we cannot reveal
0: the source but no we can't is right about everything that he's when it comes against.
1: to AEW, it's been like ninety nine point nine nine percent. There's been some matches that we thought were going to get booked for certain shows that we we never revealed here. No. They didn't get booked right when they we we thought they were going to happen, but they he ended get up getting booked, booked like mm-hmm. a week later. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, my thought is, I I think one Bill Phil put that out there. Oh, I was
0: just about to say the exact same yeah. thing. I asked, I absolutely think one because one Bill Phil proclaimed himself as such on the debut mm-hmm. issue or issue, uh debut episode of collision. That being said, it could still happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It right. It makes t- it, it makes sense to me. Um, because here here was the next story that we were going to talk about. And we'll just go we have we have a couple mm-hmm. AEW stories and then we're going to we're going to jump into some other stuff and then we're out. Um the WBD is interested in more AEW pay-per-view. So here's the next. So Fightful Select has been knocking out AEW stories all week. So we're going to give them their kudos. Um, they're also reporting that WBD has proposed expanding AEW's PPV schedule significantly, including the possibility of AEW running one pay-per-view show a month, similar to WWE schedule of airing, oh, excuse me, airing one PLE a month. It was not confirmed. whether these pay-per-view events would be standalone events or would be included in a streaming deal involving AEW and WBD streaming service, Max. Um, so we that's what we had speculated before, right? It's like, okay, if if Warner Brothers is going to expand this deal, right? They get the they have the three television shows. Well, how do you get to a billion dollars? You got three primetime television shows. Rampage still technically in primetime because eight, 8 to 11 is primetime, right? Mm-hmm. You got three, and that's five hours a week. And then you got the quarterly battle of the belts, right? And then how, then you need to, what, how else do we get there? Monthly premium live events, right. On HBO max and, you know, quarterly pay-per-views. I I don't know if, if, you know, the month that they have a pay-per-view that that's all that they have, however, they get there, you're looking at, you know, a a 12, a 12 show schedule monthly. Um, I think that's how you get to that billion dollar figure.
0: I, it makes perfect sense. I've been saying this for months that. A, a, AEW needs with WW, the boost that WWE got by getting on Peacock. Max has significantly more subscribers than mm-hmm. WWE. Now, that being said, AEW is significantly smaller. Always has been, too, than WWE. But now you've got a chance to reach a wider audience. Yeah. But yep, especially you- by giving, because it's like, what, 10 bucks for Max, something like that? Now you get your pay-per-views out there. And again, people are like, oh, they would devalue their pay-per-view. It's like, no, man, you get paid a lot more. You can yeah. pay and the argument is that less is more, less is more. No, less is less financially, right? Yeah. What say, do you recall the Eric Bischoff story of, oh my God, they were taking the water coolers out of Titan tower. They were so broke. Do you mm-hmm. recall the specific, it's not Vince, Vince Russo's genius booking. Do you recall the specific decision that turned around at WWF's financial fortune?
1: Yeah, they got rid of the 1999 in-your-house pay-per-views they're doing monthly, and they expanded to three. Those are only two hours, by the way, and they were just like small little specials, and they just created a 12-month pay-per-view schedule based off of what WCW was doing. Um, They had the audience, and then all of a sudden, and, and before they did that, that was the reason why they couldn't afford Bret Hart anymore. Yep. And then when they made that decision, I think it was the summer of 1997. I think mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember somebody's gonna fact check me at some point. But I thought I think Canadian Stampede was probably the last in your house show. I think, I think it might have been. And then later, later they they went to that three hour like Bad Blood, I think was like a full three-hour pay-per-view. I think JD's doing some research right now. I think bad blood up. ended up being like a three-hour pay-per-view. Well, once they did that. You know they were able to to you know expand their bank account. They started making a lot more money. At that point, they were able to to pay Bret Hart, but that that relationship had soured so much that they couldn't reconcile. So um, yes, more money is a good thing for AEW. Um, Is it overkill? Could the could the product get oversaturated? Absolutely, it could. I I think that's a real thing. If they want to charge, you know, forty dollars a month or fifty dollars a month every month for their pay per views. You know will they maintain oh, their audience? No. I I think I think they would struggle. And it's not like they're UFC, right? They're not UFC hot. They're not UFC big. UFC can sell like they've they've done like over two million, you know, buys for a pay-per-view before with the Connor McGregor shows. Like they're they're not even close to that level. They're you know hovering around a hundred to hundred and fifty thousand pay-per-view buys per month, right? So um so would it be like a crazy stretch? It's like if Warner brothers says, Hey, we'll pay you the average of what your pay-per-views are. So the average over like a two year span, here's the average, which is what ESPN and, and UFC did. We'll pay you that flat fee. And then you just do this every month. And then that, you know, and, or maybe they, they overpay for it. They us say, hey, well, here's that flat fee. And then we'll give you 25% over that. Boom. Now we're all exclusive here. And then you can just, you can go ahead and sell your pay-per-views individually overseas if you want to do it that way. And then boom, y- you got, you got it. You got that's how you get to a billion dollars right there.
0: That is how you get to a billion dollars. Now, if they were to go, if they were to do $50, 12 months a year, pay-per-view, would you, you would cannibalize your audience to a certain extent. So they they have five. So let's crunch the numbers here. So let's ballpark. Let's ballpark. Well, let's say 150. Let's just say, cause it's a nice round number. Yeah. Yeah. So you got 150. Math is not my thing. 150,000 buys, right? 150,000, there you go, times five, right? So that gives you or 7,500,000, uh, no, 70. See, not having the commas on the calculator app messes me up, man. It's like 75,000, <laughs> right? So if you were to cut and if you lose, basically, if you were to like half your audience, you would still make money. Yeah. You'd make a lot more money, actually. If half the people stopped. Right. If you lose half of your pay, if you, if you drop it down to like, all you got is 750, like, uh, was 150. So 75,000 buys per month at 50 bucks, you would make a lot more money. Yeah. Now, does that hurt goodwill to your product? Yeah. It, Mm -hmm. would it be a lot easier if they just went to max? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think they would be a lot more popular. Yeah, I do. think that would I think that would increase their earning potential, especially if they're getting the same amount of money that they were getting for their pay per views anyway. Um, just average it over twelve months. I and then you know you're expanding your audience right there. So um, I, I I I I think that's a win win for everybody.
0: I have a different take on this too. It's like, I actually think that this helps your television show because we have, because again, when AEW first started, it was like, Oh, they're not going to be building to a pay-per-view every month. Right. The show can just be what it mm-hmm. is since the launch of dynamite every week. I have to listen to pundits bitch that they're not building to the pay-per-view.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. And then they wait till two weeks out to, to build the pay-per-view and every, and then, and then the pay-per-view
0: is always ruled, <laughs> and then it's fine. But it's like yeah. every fucking pay-per-view cycle people like they're not building the pay-per-view and then they do it the last two weeks and they sell and it's fine i i don't think i think to 25 years of wwe television has been so ingrained in even people who claim to hate the product guilty that this is the way wrestling television should be is you have to be constantly working toward these major shows and if you're not the show is spinning its wheels i disagree with that in a sense, but if that now i now I'm relenting this point because I've always thought it was fine the way it is. However, if you are booking toward a 12 pay-per-view cycle, right. And now the booking has to like reflect the television booking has to reflect that. I think that that might actually be more appealing to modern wrestling fans who seem to not be able to handle that if the show is not being worked toward a pay-per-view.
1: Yeah no no i i i think you're right that makes sense Does That, that. Make sense. Okay. no no that makes total sense i think what we would lose as viewers of dynamite we would lose these big shows that we get for these dynamite specials where we get like it the would. arthur f stadium and then you know we would get blood and guts and we we get these other like specialized tv shows because those would have to then now i'm not saying that's a guarantee that would just be my assumption that they would want to move those to pay-per-view or to max if it's on streaming i, I think that's what that's what we would be looking at. And I think that's fine. I But here's where I'm coming from as a viewer. Mike, the viewer, yeah. WWE oversaturated the hell out of me with all of they their did. content. They got three primetime shows, right? And then they do their monthly, they have not only their, their main roster monthly shows, they got quarterly NXT shows. Now, I don't even watch the quarterly NXT shows. I might watch a match if my cousin Joe texts me and says, watch this match. Um, so to now where I'm only really paying attention to the monthly ple's if aew goes to a monthly cycle that's going to be my viewership habits going forward with aew it's just too much for me the viewer because i got so many other interests guys i like going to the movies i went to indiana jones this past saturday i loved that movie it was flawed still loved it i had a really good time watching that movie i I like sport i like sports I like to go to concerts. My family and I like to go to the beach. We like to do hiking. We like to, you know, we have a whole life outside of pro wrestling. I, I think for me, I, I'm gonna get to a point where I'll just get sick of AEW and I'll only watch the big shows. And that's probably and you know what? I'm f- actually fine with that. That's okay with me. That's no, it's no problem. Count count me in. Now I'll only probably watch 12 AEW shows a year, and that's really gonna reduce the amount of time I'm watching wrestling, which I think is a good thing for me.
0: So you know me, man. Like you looking behind me, I've got my my bookshelf filled with with comics. Yeah. Right? Um some are mine, some are, you know, most of them are stuff that I've just read that I love over the years. I'm sitting here playing with my Spider-Man lanyard that I'm going to wear for my ID, right? at school mm-hmm. next year. I I nothing made me happier in the summer of 2008 when we had The Dark Knight and Iron Man became the center of pop culture. Right. I felt like the nerds had finally taken over Mm -hmm. and I felt triumphant and it became like Marvel became the cool thing. Everybody was talking about Marvel. I go to practice and the kids all are talking about Marvel. They're asking me questions like I'm like, man, this is great. Here we are at 2023 and I have grown to hate Marvel. Yeah, I'm not watching. See, I haven't watched any of their shows since probably Loki. And I like Loki. I went to the Ant-Man movie. I'm like, this is terrible. This is I hate this. That's right. the went, third one, right? The third one, yeah, it's not good. I went, I, I'm I've been so cold. Not only, they all haven't been bad, but I've been cold on the vast majority of Marvel movies since Endgame. Bob Iger just today said we have put out too much Marvel product. We have oversaturated the market. Yep. But that is not AEW's problem. If you are paid for a service, you provide the service, right? Mm-hmm. I have a theory. They cannot. They are not releasing the numbers. I think that there are more people watching the PLES than are watching SmackDown and Raw.
1: Everybody. I I I don't disagree there. Oh well, I think I think the SmackDown number would be tough to beat. I think I think that the the the, the, um, the PLEs are doing far better than Raw and NXT. Absolutely, NXT. Well, um, yeah, sure. I, I I'd be surprised if they beat SmackDown though.
0: Um, I, maybe it depends on the PLE. I bet I I bet by and large they are, but I can't prove that because Peacock yeah. doesn't release those numbers. Just a vibe. That being said, I think there's a lot of people that consume their WWE content once a month right and that's why the wwe re- like relies so much on um um give me the thing and now i not <laughs> uh, uh but the the, the video packages yeah, right yeah because they have to yep. bring up their audience so if that becomes the way that's done so be it
1: yeah all the people that watch every episode of raw and nxt and smackdown I get so mad at those video packages i love them because i'm like i'm getting caught up now that's right? what they're it, for. It, it's it's really great for me as a viewer like like all like I when I went to WrestleMania earlier this year, going to WrestleMania is like going to the circus, right? It's like just this big thing. And it's like if it's if you're close by, you go, right? Mm-hmm. I went and I just remember the hell in a cell match between Edge and Finn Balor. Had no idea why they were mad at each other. No idea. I, I knew I knew they'd been feuding for a while, but they they did a really great video package. Nobody does them better than WWE. And I got all caught up. I was like, Great, this is fantastic. Now I know why they're fighting. Right, it's like watching a movie at that point, and each each match at WrestleMania was like its own episode of television. Right, they all like the match itself might have gotten 15, 20 minutes, but the entire presentation was like over half an hour, like thirty to forty minutes. That's like an episode of Banshee, right? Like that. <laughs> shout out John, you decided to get that in. So, um, you you know what I mean? So I I I felt that was a good thing. I AEW's presentation, at least on Dynamite this week kind of reminiscent of some of the stuff that we see up in New York, right? With some of their storylines that, that they're doing. Now, the matches, not so much. They're still doing AEW-style matches, but they're starting to bring over some of the other stuff that you might see uh, up north, right? And so I, I think we're going to get more geared towards that, telling these stories, leading to those pay-per-views. I th- but that's what people have been commanding. Like, that's been the,
0: the critique. So, I mean, like, it's such a... You- it's so hard to serve these masters because there's people who are like, well, they don't tell stories. Okay, we're we're doing. No, it. they've I, always told stories. That's the biggest
1: load things. of shit ever.
0: I gotta. You read that thing? I wrote a thing for Voices I, of Wrestling. It, Hopefully, it comes out next week, and I'll give you a thing. But I wrote. I did this yeah. whole dissertation on stories and wrestling and why it's bullshit. But. Like they're addressing their critics, and I think that you're getting the two different shows that are going to have two different vibes as to how yes. to prevent yes. to present these stories. And I think I honestly, because Tony Khan is such a numbers guy, I think he's doing. I think he's taking these two shows with these two different approaches just to see how it winds up. Now it's a little skewed because like Collisions on such a shit night, but it's it's interesting to see where this is going. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, we'll see. So I, when I watch AEW, I don't watch for that. So the MJF no, and you... Adam Cole stuff, I was not interested in. I know it's appealing. To, I know you liked part of it. I just I, don't I care. To... <laughs> I just, I'm just like, okay, hurry up. But,
0: but we still got great matches though. We did that. Yes, we, yes we, did. we did. Like that Swerve so and Nick Wayne keep... match was really good, dude. I freaking love Jericho and Commander. Like I thought there was some good yeah. wrestling. You oh, know, yeah. hey, yeah. you our man big
1: bill been praising him since we were braced for impact he had a Hey, everybody that w- was shit on big bill can kiss my whole butt you know what i mean like he's great and i like the tag team of big bill and brian King. me too i think there's could, something I think there that could work me too I, dude, that's a 1987 tag team i've ever saw one i love it give give me more i love that
0: <laughs> it worked. That that actually that that mat the match worked better for me. I thought the segment was boring, but yeah. I thought the match and the post match went pretty good. So yeah, um, that's the best part about wrestling. It's every week because you can experiment, and if something doesn't work, well, you just don't do it again. Do something different oh, yeah. next
1: week. Yeah, uh, speaking of doing stuff that's different, uh, AEW is banning moves and uh, banning certain actions. I'm just going to read through it. This is again from Fightful. Uh, moves that are outright banned per the document include chair shots to the head. Well, that's good news. Uh, shots sure. to the back of the head, turnbuckle power bombs. That one actually surprised me, but I, you know, Sting. That's how Sting got hurt. Maybe somebody else did too. Uh, blind moves backwards into the turnbuckles, fencing response, fencing responses. Uh, here's one that's interesting: seizure cells. <laughs> Fucking Danielson got everybody in trouble. Apparently, <laughs> I am the only person
0: in America who thought that was cool. Just well, me. The,
1: yeah. Of course, the horror movie writer would think that was awesome. But <laughs> Fair. he loved it. Um, Fair. um, Spitting and bleeding into the crowd. That makes sense. Yes. Um, that's gross. Yep. yep. Uh, weapons or projectiles into the crowd. Taking drinks or food from the guests in the crowd. MJF. Asshole. Or physical contact with the crowd. Yeah, that makes sense. The report notes that fencing positions are an unnatural position of arms following a concussion. So like when you're just like, I guess that if if you're this bad, it's bad radio. You can't really see what I just did, but (laughs) try to describe it. Uh, The list noted the following moves that need to be approved by an AEW coach. So the following moves or instances are not prohibited, but they require approval to be used in a match or in-ring setting. I'm just going to read through these really quick, but I just find this interesting. Spots and bumps on the ring apron. Table, ladder, chair spots, elevated spots outside the barricades, all pile driver tombstone variations, high risk dives or tope moves. Fucking Lucha, uh, the Lucha brothers are gonna have a tough time getting permission every week. Uh, throwing people into, through, over the ring steps, commentary table, bell table, or guard rails, barricades, yada, yada, yada. Chairs, pipes, kennel sticks, thumbtacks, skewers, barbed wire, other puncturing objects. Um, powders aerosol sprays throwing any weapons or objects chairs etc uh choking strangling with the hands or weapon or hanging spots so there goes hangman uh going to have to get permission from from uh, somebody to do that uh, injury spots or angles uh, any physicality in the crowd any physicality involving referees managers extras, celebrities or special guests and that was the whole thing so big changes coming to aew they're trying to be I more think, professional
0: well i think a lot of that too is like one of the more valid criticisms of aew is when you do see the same spot in like back to back matches. And I think this is to, to make sure that when they do something big, you know, some dork in the pre-show didn't do it beforehand. Right. I yeah. think this is more of a, Hey man, John Moxley's about to bleed eight buckets of blood. Maybe we don't do blood in the three matches before that.
1: Or I want to bleed in the main event. So John Moxley, you got to calm your shit down. You're in a six or... man tag. Or the flip you know what side what I mean? of it. But I mean, no one, <laughs> here's the thing is no one's, no one's going to tell
0: the Lucha, if the Lucha brothers are on the show. You want to make sure that what they do stands out. If commander's on the show, you want to make sure what he's doing is standing out. So yeah. this is more of a case. This is just wrestling one-on-one. This is like, Right, I I, Like uh, uh, our buddy Jeff Hawkins said, oh, Bill Watts just took over. (laughs) Bill Watts just took over. (laughs) But I mean, some of those things that Watts wants, not all, some of the things Watts had in mind were actually good ideas. I think this one is too. All this is going to do is just make sure that when something big does happen, it's good. And then like you don't see the same dive six consecutive matches, right? I'm of the mind nobody should do a a Tope except for Darby Allen because his looks the best. Like if Mm -hmm. if your Tope don't look like Darby's, you shouldn't do it. In my humble yeah. opinion, so yeah. and, I think
1: and are, honestly, not not everybody gets a diamond cutter, right? No, no. <laughs> and and Sammy Guevara, your go to hell sucks. You don't get, I say, you don't get to do that anymore, dipshit. I but would say that,
0: that's just you shouldn't be able to period. It. I agree with you on yeah. that one. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, yeah. this
0: yeah, this is just AEW. I think finally going okay, we're gonna rein it in a little bit. But I mean, Kenny Omega is going to get Kenny Omega got mad because people like I, I've been saying, I said this two weeks ago on the, in this court. we shouldn't be telling wrestlers how to wrestle. And yeah. for the guy that takes as much crap as Kenny Omega does for him to literally say, shut the fuck up, I thought yeah. was great. I was just like, You're the, <laughs> you are you are yeah. the best wrestler in the world. Don't let some Twitter dorks tell you what you can't do. So, yeah, yeah man, the, the main event guys should have access to all the big stuff. And then when you yeah. are one, you get to level up to it, you know? I think it's good. I think it's great. Big fan.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, me too. Um, so uh JD, the bet is still on. You're still on raw and NXT duty. How was Raw and NXT this week? I was
0: in a dorm this week. It didn't have a TV. Oh, so, so
1: do we have to like? So like I is it, I'm out of pause. Do we have to like freeze? Do we have to freeze your we're, contract and then we're extend it out? Like
0: freezing my contract, I'm stating it right now. You guys are like, oh, you're not talking. I don't see you tweeting. I'm like, I didn't <laughs> get to watch the show. I had to go. Yeah. I had to actually go over to a buddy's the, down at. We had camp at the University of Illinois in Champaign. I had to go to a buddy's house to watch Dynamite. So um I didn't get to watch Raw we were just we had practice at the time so yeah. I am pausing this until I get back from Fargo I will do my the next 3 weeks I still owe Scott 2 weeks of NXT I will add 2 weeks of Smackdown if he's not happy with the fact that I have to freeze my contract <laughs> for a brief moment well yeah. I'll let him make an official ruling on that if he wants me to add the 2 weeks cuz he's unhappy with it but I just, real life got in the way.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm JD, you can sit out, right? If you have to go take a shit, you're going to take a shit. I'm going to preview Slammiversary for the I'm people good. right now. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna preview Slammiversary for the people uh, right now. Cause I'm actually going to watch the show this weekend and I will likely, very, very likely do a recap. I don't know if it's going to be on this network or not. Um, I'm going to talk to some folks about that. I might, I might do it somewhere else, but we'll, we'll see. Because we're doing our Patreon show tonight, I don't know. Like, we don't want to overwhelm the the Patreon, right? We're trying to make sure we're very strategic about what we release. So we're gonna, I'm gonna talk about that. But I will be watching Slammiversary. So we got the main event. It's Alex Shelley versus Nick Aldis um, for the World Heavyweight Title. I, th- My, Mike's opinion is Alex Shelley should retain. What I think is going to happen, I the only reason you bring Nick Aldis into your promotion, there's only one thing he's good at, and it's being a world champion. So I, 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 I think, I, I think Nick Aldis wins here, and then he takes the title into Bound for Glory, where he ends up dropping it to Josh Alexander, who hopefully was going to be coming back by then. I mean, you you see that, right, JD? You like, you know, Impact well enough that that's probably what's going to happen, right? Hundred percent.
0: The biggest money match Impact can do right now is Nick Aldis and Josh Alexander.
1: For for the men's division for the, for the men's, men's division. division for the men's division yeah, um, uh, co-main event is uh, Diana Peraza defending the women's title against uh, Trinity. I think that's an easy victory for Trinity there. Um, I also I'm, I I do believe that Mickey James will somehow find her way involved into that match. And, and then there's also it? been. Yeah. And then there's also rumors that maybe Mercedes Monet might show up and to make a match for Multiverse United coming up in a couple of weeks in the twenty three hundred arena in Philadelphia. Or right, it's coming up next month. So they they do have that joint New Japan show. That would be a perfect way to advertise that pay-per-view is to have Mercedes Monet show up here if, if she can. I don't know if they got the deal done. Um, but that that's more of a a, a prediction. Um, next we have Scott Damore and a mystery partner. So his partner was supposed to be PCO, but last week, Steve Macklin and bully Ray set him on fire. Like he was in the back, he was in the back and he's laying down and they, um, they actually poured battery acid into his mouth and then they rolled him over and then they doused him with lighter fluid and they just lit his ass on fire. And then they ended the segment with him just screaming and I, they might've killed him. I don't know if he's dead, but they said that, uh, He's not going to be able to make the match because he was you know, set on fire. He was set on fire and drank
0: battery acid. Yes. And drink, doing yeah, it. Which, I'm not doing yeah. it, Mike. I'm not doing it. I'm not watching the what? show, so I'm not getting offended.
1: No, no, no. I mean, like, honestly, I think that's a very good reason not to have a match because, hey, you just got set on fire and you drank battery. It makes perfect sense to me that he would be out for the match.
0: I mean, he should kill them in response to this. Right? <laughs> a wrestling, a wrestling <laughs> match seems like the <laughs> least of their problems. Like, he should... Yeah. He should go John Wick and shoot these people at this point. I know it's PCO, but Bully Ray needs to be killed for these crimes against humanity.
1: Yeah, so he's got a mystery partner. Bully Ray um, also has a new partner. Steve Macklin actually got hurt in the, the Australia tour. He wrestled Alex Shelley. It looked like a groin tear to me, but I don't know. So Mac Mac, it, it look, it look, On the video, it looked like a groin tear. They have not made the announcement. I just watched it, and I was like, as hmm. as a guy that's pulled his groin before, I saw where he was holding, and I was like, it looks like a groin either pull or tear to me. So he's out. He is being replaced by Deaner. Now, that then brings into question who Scott DeMore's mystery partner is going to be. Um, There is a rumor out there, right? This is just a rumor. I didn't hear this from a verified source. that has got great connections. So this is just a rumor that's kind of being flirted out there. I'm not saying this is what's going to happen. However, the way they ended the show tonight makes me think this might actually happen. There is um, a rumor that Eric Young, who was murdered last year by Cody Deaner, right? In prison, Cody Deaner stabbed him to death, right? Um, but we never saw the body. So, and you know, JD, if the first thing of horror movies, if you don't see the body dead, they're not actually dead. They get to come back. We never saw the fucking body, right? Well, he was supposed to go to WWE, but guess who never showed up in WWE? Eric Young. There's a rumor out there that he has been free of whatever deal he had in WWE since June and that he would be the, the mystery partner for Scott Demore at slam Well, they ended the show tonight and I only saw this segment. I haven't watched the impact tonight and I'm probably trying to get to watch it before the, the show this week. Um, They ended the show with Scott Demore calling somebody saying, hey, PCO can't come back to life this time. Do you think you can come back to life? Oh, (laughs) do you think you can come back to life? And then as he's walking away, they zoom in on a Team Canada jacket. Diener killed Eric Young. It's Slammiversary. They're in Canada. They zoomed on the Team Canada jacket. Got to be Eric Young.
0: I would be shocked if it's not Eric <laughs> Young at this point. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I I want to see how they're going to explain how Eric Young came back to life, but quite frankly, it, it's impact. It doesn't matter. It's, like
1: No, no. Taya Valkyrie went to prison for a while and then just showed back up. Yeah. like you Never addressed it. They never addressed it. Yeah, they it. never they never addressed it. So, But look, he, you never saw the body. <laughs> So, like, hey, it was just a flesh wound. It was, but a mere flesh wound. But if, uh, just get back
0: in bite your kneecaps off. Um, yeah, <laughs> sure. I mean, honest to God, man, Eric Young belongs in this company anyway. So, yeah, let's just do I,
1: it. I don't know why the hell he left anyway. Like, he he belongs. He's a lifer Money? here. He's got a well, yeah, yeah. Uh, clearly, <laughs> my, yeah. Quality of um, life. Like, yeah. Um. um next, yeah. Uh, dude. This match. Um. Honestly, JD. Uh. I'm gonna put this one <clears> on your radar. This match is going to rule ass, sir. It is, is it Chris Saban. Oh no, no, it's Chris. Better than fucking Warhorse. Warhorse well, sucks. Yeah, by the yeah way. It like, what um, are you talking about? Chris Sabin defends the X Division Championship against one Leo Rush. Who? Oh, uh, sign me up. Yeah, who who appears to be working here for a while. So uh, count me all in on that deal. Um, so that's gonna be huge. And then they have an Ultimate X. You got Speedball versus Gresham versus Kevin Knight. From New Japan versus Kushida and versus Alan Angels, so that's a separate match, um, and then the winner gets a title shot. So, um, not a lot of high
0: uh, flyers in that Ultimate X match.
1: Um, Kevin Knight, yeah, yeah. You know what? It's not really a high flyers. No, it's like you, you know, got Gresham with technical mm-hmm. speedball. He can do a moon but he doesn't really I mean... do like tons of flying moves. He's not doing like springboard. So, yeah, Kushida is more of a mat wrestler, and yeah. Alan Angels is just kind of a guy. So, Allen, um, I mean, he's probably the best high flyer in that match, right? Uh, I would say Kevin Knight is probably the better high flyer. I see Kevin. Yeah, I do right. a lot of high flying moves. Yeah, you're probably like right. Kevin Knight's tremendous, by the way.
0: Oh, he's really talented. Um, But is he New Japan? New Japan's not uh, yeah, other than like Haramu. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I don't foresee this being like a classic X to like ultimate X style match because you just don't have those kind of guys. It could be good, though. It could be a different. I'd like to. I think Jonathan Gresham specifically can come up with an interesting take on the Ultimate X match. So based on his presence alone, I'm very curious to see what this match is going to be.
1: Yeah. And I'm actually picking Gresham to win this one because he's oh, been kind of cold. He's been cold since he's been in the promotion because I think he just kind of like he had that falling out with AEW. So when he got to Impact, they didn't really have a plan for him. So he's just been kind of having matches. He hasn't really had anything to sink his teeth into. I think that um, him uh, doing a rematch with Sabin down the road, I, I think that they and they had a really good match before for the ROH title. So I I, I like that going forward. I
0: am surprised they haven't pushed him harder since coming in. Yeah, yeah, you know, me too.
1: Me yeah. too. Um uh, next, I, I don't have it. Oh, I don't have it in the notes here. But next, I got the the tag team title match. It's a it's a four way. Who cares? But you got uh, you got the the ABC Bay in Austin defending the titles against uh, Moose and Brian Myers, which is I hate that tag team. Um, Rich Swan and Sammy Callahan and Subculture, which is the two little British guys who are very good. Um, the Rascals have reunited in Impact with uh, Zachary Wentz and Trey Miguel, but they were denied an opportunity to get into this match. Something tells me they're going to find a way to to mess with this match and, uh, and be a part of it. So, um, and then you also got uh, for the, the women's tag titles, you got the death dolls and the, the, in my opinion, the best tag team in all of wrestling, at least they're the one that I want to watch the most. Masha Slamovich and killer Kelly. Um, I will watch what they do over and over again. They're just very talented. Okay. Um,
0: I was on Scotty's count out wrestling podcast (laughs) on Sunday. And I mentioned that I'm a killer Kelly fan. And they were like, Why? and like and then sky goes oh cuz he's a pervert and i'm like <laughs> yes that is completely accurate and i felt like the biggest scumbag on the planet yeah. which i uh, kind of am so you know you just got to yeah. kind of own it and i'm with you sir 100% yeah, yeah 100%
1: and i think masha i i, I think masha and uh, killer kelly is going to win um uh, and we're, we're expecting a surprise obviously in that that demore match so we'll, we'll get a surprise there um, rumors around that mickey james up. mercedes monet has been rumored but not by impact by fans May, probably just me creating that rumor but if
0: she um, was okay hold on if she was going to show up at an impact pay-per-view we're talking impact here they would promote yeah. the shit out of that
1: well, so they didn't do that for the Jay White thing. They wanted to create a moment, and because it was not really leading to anything in Impact, yeah. I think they don't do it. I think the reason why they wouldn't do it is because she's not coming to Impact. If she is showing up at the pay per view, it's to challenge somebody for the Multiverse United show.
0: You but you could sell even with her just appearing. You'd sell more pay per views. JD, be, these, are not, they these yeah. are not serious people.
1: These are not serious people, right? Like yeah. they don't they don't make, make like. Like decisions that's going to draw them a ton of money. Scott Demorest fucking wrestling. JD.
0: What am I talking about? I
1: got... Yeah, yeah. Why? Why are you trying to use logic with me? Like that I can't know. happen. That would be illogical. I it's spent, impact, bro. I spent two years talking about
0: this shit every week. And
1: P- I Pco can't wrestle because he drank battery <laughs> and got lit on fire. And you're talking about goddamn logical whether or not Mercedes Mania uh, show. Up.
0: But we built we built two whole Slammiversary pay per view. <laughs> on who might show up at the WWE scrap heap. Remember yeah. that a big Bulgarian flag in 2020 Who's ever <laughs> came to this company. <laughs> no. Like, yeah. That's just, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, mean, I think, I think the
1: fact. big, the big tease is the, the Eric young thing, but look, you under promise I mean, and yeah. hopefully over deliver. Yeah. It's so, certainly
0: under promise. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, but Hey uh, guys, head over to patreoncom slash fight JD and I are going to keep the conversation going because we're getting ready to record. Our uh Mike and JD show extra podcast doing the WCW invasion of WWF in 2001. So be on the lookout for that. It should be out this weekend and until next week. Mahalo. All right. I have to go peace. so bad. I'll be right back. Should we
0: restart the recording? Is that like, do we do a new stream? Like how, how should we be doing this? I,
1: I, I could, I could, I could end the recording and then, and then. Do And then just create a new stream. Yeah. Let's do that. Because the bathroom. Yeah.
0: No, I'm good. But I think it might be easier for Garrett to to get this thing up if we just get this one separated. Right.
1: Okay. So we'll we'll tell him, hey, at the end, just just cut it off at the Mahalo line. Okay, cool. All right. I'll end it.
0: Hi, I'm Kay Slow, co-host of the Open the Voice Gate podcast. The one question I'm constantly asked when it comes to Gate is how do I get into the promotion? Well, stop asking and start listening to the Open the Voice Gate podcast released every Wednesday on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. For exclusive news and show reviews, look no further than the leader in Gate coverage, Open the Voice Gate.